Welcome to the Abundant Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Welton. I'm a speaker, consultant, and thought leader here at Abundance.io. In this podcast, you'll discover your strengths, find turnkey business models, and get expert guidance for life's biggest financial moments, where we have trained and consulted over 35,000 entrepreneurs on how to start their first online business, and we've helped existing business owners start their second and third stream of income. You can learn more at Abundance.io, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the Abundant Leap Podcast. Hey guys, in this episode, my mic is messed up, but man, all of the knowledge and value that Kyler breaks down, you do not want to miss this. So if you can get past my terrible audio, my microphone is not working. We're in a guest studio. Kyler's still worked. It's incredible. So make sure that you get through this episode. You're going to love every minute of it. Kyler, take it away. All right, welcome back to another Abundance Podcast. I'm here in Salt Lake. My good friend Sam Pegar let us use his studio at The Hive. So coming at you from Salt Lake City. We got a really good friend on the show today, Tyler Fisher. We actually went to uh, acting school together back in LA. Yeah. What year was that? 2015. 2015. That whole kind of eight years of grinding in LA is all just blurred together for me of like acting and modeling and music and trying to figure out a business and just. Bro, that was a crazy time of life, man. I had just finished school. We moved to, we moved to Hollywood, um, back to Hollywood. We were in Huntington for a long time, but then we moved back to Hollywood and just decided to do that, that whole thing full time. And that's a weird world, man. Trying to, trying to figure out how you're going to book your next role or whatever. So. I think we were in just we were just in class together. We were, yeah. yeah I, I wasn't booking anything. I, mean, I was going to do a ton of auditions, but always like kind of almost there, but like not enough to pay the bills. And I was like, man, I'm exerting so much energy. But then LA, you bump into experts, and they're like, hey, you want to check this out? This is a great way to make money with you just being there, whether it's being yeah. an extra or renting out your cars on movie shoots. <laughs> yeah. So it's just very distracting of me always like trying to find that that thing that was going to be my my click. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you'll do it. You kind of do anything too. Like I, I, I remember, I remember doing like featured extra roles. Cause I had a, a, a buddy of mine here ran central casting and he said, Hey, come here, come here, come here. They're looking for this. You know, I was on several sets, American horror story, blunt talk. Like I was on a bunch of different shows, but, uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't pay the bills, you know, doesn't pay the bills. not in that city. I mean, you have not, not if you want to live a certain type of life yeah for sure so it's still very much still a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle if you're doing somewhat okay uh in that in that deal yeah luckily i had my wife my wife had been in the business for so long so she when she booked you know a national commercial which she did often you know that's that's what really helped but i i just for me you know i had to be doing something that uh that really made money and i had a i literally had a solar company that i started you know because i had done 10 years of door-to-door experience solar was just new and you know, I started this solar company with another partner at a, at a, at a company that I had actually worked for. So we branched off and started this program. And honestly, it was the worst time to start a solar company because the, the deals wouldn't get installed. You know, so all these guys out there knocking doors, you know, selling, selling these accounts and they wouldn't get installed. And so nobody made any money. So I stopped that. They just hadn't figured it out yet, you know? 2014, that was just a new, it was a new deal, you know, 14, 15, they were just really trying to figure it out, you know? I think they're just, 
really figuring out the install thing, you know, uh, it's just, uh, just bad timing, you know, bad timing. Timing's everything. Yeah. Right. For and, sure. But speaking of good timing, I mean, I've seen you excel in so many other areas of your life. You are the definition of a serial entrepreneur going from building a personal brand around your family to music, to making your own movies, to I'm sure you have a lot of other side businesses that we're going to talk about as well. Yeah. Talk about that leap of, you know, cause when we met, we were both like grinding, like really yeah. trying to figure out like, what is our thing? Like, you're like, that didn't work, boom, on the next, that didn't work, boom, on the next. Like you never yeah. gave up. It was like, okay, that's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Talk about that process and when you saw like kind of a click and thought, okay, I'm going, you know, all in on this next venture. Actually, it, it really started with a venture that I was a part of um, in Hollywood. I was, I was another side business that I had where I raised a bunch of money for a, a cell phone uh, company. So I, I uh, put together a, a good amount of money for this project and um, and found myself in China and Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan. I was traveling all over the place and um, had some good deals overseas and uh, just happened uh, to be the one deal went, uh, way South. Uh, we signed on good faith. We didn't put a, a deposit down in the factory. We lost about a million and a half dollars in one day. So wow. it tanked the whole company. I lost everything that I had. Um, I lost a lot of my friend's money. And, um, since I have paid a lot of those people back, which has been fun for me to be able to get them back, you know, um, several years ago, but, uh, really that is the experience that I had where I lost everything that I had saved from my door-to-door life. Um, and I uh, just decided, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm not doing this type of business. I lived across the street from, this is the same story I tell on just about every podcast. So this is me. Just me you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but for real, like for, 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 for real, I mean, this is my life story uh, up to this point. Like I lived across the street from, from Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Um, in Hollywood. And, uh, there's one day I ran into Logan's videographer, Mark Donor, and, um, we became friends. Um, I went up to Logan's apartment one day, they were having a party up there and got to talking to George Janko. You probably know these names. And, uh, we decided to start a little basketball thing. So for about a year, a year, a solid year, I played ball with these guys four nights a week, just really developed relationships with all these kids who were viners and Facebook video guys. And, uh, yeah, that's where it started. I ended up having, you know, we ended up finding out we we're having twin, twin girls. Uh, we moved out of Hollywood, moved back down to Orange County to be closer to her, her parents. Cause we knew we were going to need help. And, um, you know, this was all in the midst of this explosion with this business, you know, and it was really difficult, but I just decided, you know what, we're going to jump on YouTube and, and try this thing. You know, we have this unique situation where we have these beautiful twin girls let's try to put ourselves out there and we put ourselves out there and sure enough we, we started growing and then i thought to myself you know what? i know all these other kids that are that are jumping on youtube now jake had just started his channel i called him first I said jake let's do a video with these girls sure enough 24 hours on top of my forty thousand subscribers that i had grown i grew a hundred thousand subscribers in 24 hours wow so i'm like Interesting. What a playbook. <laughs> yeah. Logan, how you doing, man? You know what I mean? I called him up. Same thing. I, I, I grew about 100, 150,000 subscribers when Logan posted. Same thing. Called David Dobrik. David, what's up, man? You know, let's hang out. <laughs> let's just do a video. These are all kids that I kind of, you know, 
anyways, it just, it was crazy, man. Crazy time of life, you know, but I worked with it just about everybody and, you know, there's just power in numbers, man. You get out there, the more people you, you know, you work and collab with, the more eyes are going to be on you and your, your operation. And, Absolutely. and that's right. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. You saw that niche. I remember watching those videos when they were first coming out, you know, I was thinking about having kids and it was like really inspiring to see how much fun you guys were having with it. I was like, man, we didn't know what we were doing, man. We didn't I know what we were doing. My content is horrible to be honest with you, but it was just raw though. And like, that's a pretty yeah, it was pretty raw, you know, it was pretty raw and, and people were eating it up and, you know, I think we have somewhere a billion and a half views now to this day, you know, which is, it's fair. That's fair. So. You guys put in put in the hustle for it though. I mean, because the consistency was key. I mean, when did, what was the day that you first started the YouTube channel? Twenty, like I think it was October of twenty sixteen. Yeah. And you guys are still pushing that, still putting out content on that channel, really pushing that brand, or is it we still just don't kind of just post as much? Nah, I mean, like that. Honestly, man, like this world has kind of died for a lot of people, you know, it's died for a lot of people. I think TikTok, when TikTok kind of revamped or musically TikTok, you know, kind of revamped, people started posting that short form content. More and more people got in and people are just consuming short form content. You know what I mean? They're not watching the daily vlogs as much. Yeah. And so it changed a lot, you know, it changed for everybody. Jake Paul, dude, he used to be 15 million views a video. Now he can't even barely hit a million. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, just times are different, you know, times are different. I think it'll come back. I do. I think people are going to want to consume something different. Like these videos are getting kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, who knows? But I've ridden a roller coaster for six years or seven years. So I know, I know that it could, could definitely come back. For sure. And, you know, that's just a lesson for anybody listening in. It's like, first of all, getting attention, building a brand, like that's its own currency. You can have leverage and numbers. And then other people want to work with you and collaborate. Then you start to do this cross pollination with their audiences. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to kind of have like that growth hacking, you know, yeah. uh, movement to it. And the other thing is, yeah, as you're growing out platform, it's like you listen to guys like Gary Vee, I consider him the content king, or it's sure. like, yeah, you're just, you're building all the platforms so you don't know which one's going to take off and which one's going to chill out. When a new one comes out, like there's opportunity there, yeah. right? And so I was very late to the game on the organic side of things and, uh, you know, kind of kicking myself in the ass right now. But learning from that of, yeah, just keep creating the content. Short form's gonna resonate with some people and long form's still gonna resonate with others because all of our you know, students still come from YouTube from like the long form you know, advertisements, blogs, case studies, that sort of thing. We tried, and, and I know other advertisers have had this experience with the short form to try to build a consulting business or a coaching business or an educational business. It's not really the best. Yeah. Um, but for entertainment or just like building an audience, that short form is like pretty powerful. Yeah. Totally. Are you experimenting with any of that now or like in terms of what? Like, like with short form for, well, I guess you kind of have multiple brands that you're working with now. What, the main one that I've really seen you focusing on is for like all the music that you're doing. Yeah. Like, I mean, what, what's been the hack that you've really found out with that to help? keep building your audience, but more so around that brand. To be honest, I haven't figured out a hack yet. Honestly, like music's tough. Like it's a tough deal. Um, I don't really care though as much about music uh, growth. It's kind of weird. I, I, uh, I, I do, I do, but I don't. Like I, I really enjoy, like I'm flying out to Nashville on Thursday. I'm, I'm tracking four new songs, you know, with arguably one of the best, 
you know, producers in Nashville and, uh, I'm paying the bill and I almost know that there's not going to be that, that ROI, but I don't really care because I really love what I'm doing, you know? Um, and if it takes off great. And I think that, I think that it, it could because of that, you know what I mean? Because I don't really, I don't really play so much and so much emphasis on like, on like the end result, you know, I'm just like enjoying myself as I go, you know? Um, Music, yeah, it's good. It's good, you know. And, and I've never really been there. Actually, YouTube was always about like, how can I grow so I can feed my kids? You know, it was never. There was that was always my end result. You know, it's like I am going to make money at this. This is going to be my business. You know, so but but music's a little different. So, with you know, even back then, was it more? monetizing off like the AdSense coming straight from YouTube or are you guys doing like partnerships and affiliates and white living products or like what was like kind of main that we're doing that? The AdSense was so good back then that like I didn't need brands at all. Like it was crazy. It was like like almost disrespectful how much money we were making. It made no sense, you know? Um, the brands really started trickling though and we had a really good life that way, you know, because the brands just kept coming and coming and coming and they still do, which is crazy. You know, it's, it's absolutely crazy that people, people will spend this type of money on, you know, uh, this type of advertising, but it is the way of the world, you know, and, uh, it's been great. It's been great. It's been quite abundant, you know, quite abundant, you know. Back then, what were they paying like per million views? Oh, it's such a formula, dude. It really is such a formula. I can't even, I can't even figure that out. No, man, it's such a formula. It's like watch time, you know, watch time's like huge, um, it's the type of advertiser. It's like, it's uh, placement. It's how many mid-roll ads you have. You know, it's just, it's a huge formula. I could never, and I don't think anybody really understands. We just saw the number change. That's about it. But watch time is huge, you know? The longer the watch time, the more ads, you know, people are going to sit through and it's just like, yeah. So, so like through this, it seems like each experience you were having was like kind of leading you to the next thing that you wanted to stay focused on. Like, what were some of the hard lessons you learned along the way that at the time felt like it was like the end of the road, things were exploding, but really it was some of the biggest takeaways you've had in your journey. The biggest takeaway that I have, um, is, um, I somewhere in 2019, I decided that collabing was like, it was getting too much and my business just started to go down after that. You know, it was like, that's, that's what we did. We just collabed. That's all we did. You know, we made videos and collabed and, and our business stayed, you know, just above water, you know, full steam ahead. And then when I stopped collabing and really it happened when like we had so many kids. I had the twins and I had Halston, you know, and then we had Oliver and it's like, we don't have, I cannot even get in the car to go to this person's house, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So, so you have four kids now? Five. five. Yeah. Do you have another one on Hell no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe not just a Mother's Day plus that I saw with mom with like the appreciation for mama. Yeah, bro. Like, no way, dude. Five kids is good. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I got one. I'm like, we're, we're in, we're in one more. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm done, done. So I'm, I'm taking care of there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Did that yeah, recently. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah, yeah. bro. Like five kids is good, you know. And the twins are the oldest. Twins are six and a half, seven. seven. They're seven, seven next month. So seven all the way down to what's your youngest? Uh, one. Wow, it's a good spread. Yeah. And you guys just moved to Salt Lake. Just to Salt Lake, uh, we moved kind of like during like the whole COVID thing, you know, or that kind of the tail end of COVID, but like we just kind of had it, you know, and uh, wanted to try something different, you know, it was just, we didn't know what the world was going to do. So we've sold our nice, big, beautiful home in Orange County and we're sad about it to this day, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. We're, we're, we're still living a pretty good life. Kids love, love where we live now and, and, uh. And they're gonna love when we move after this too, because you know it's too cold here. Yeah, we'll see where we go. We'll see where where, where we'll end up next. I have so many businesses running now that I can't, you know, I'm a, that I'm a part of here in Utah now. Even in two years, like of being here, I just I don't know. I don't know when, but so you see, all well, businesses are you investing? Are you starting them? Are you partnering them? Are you helping them grow? Are you consulting? Like I'm passive in a lot of them, but I'm also consulting in a lot of them too. And then um. Uh, like more active consultant and then i am i'm also heavily involved in a couple of different ventures as well so yeah just like a handful of handful of everything i like the passive ones you know passive ones that are making money are good uh but uh yeah involved in so many i, I don't know if i can talk about it all of them in the hour that we're spending together but um but yeah i like businesses that uh, that are already making money i like to invest in businesses that are already that are already running you know and uh those all because yeah man they're yep exactly they've already figured that out do you know um and some of the others you're just kind of riding the train and hoping that the, you have a big a big a big uh capital event and uh you win you know but the world's changing man i don't know i don't know what's going on i don't know i don't know where i'm gonna be i don't know how 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 well some of these will do you know especially as you know inflation goes up and just like i don't who knows you know I'm just, I'm just, I'm alive. I have a roof over my head. I have a good family and we're just grateful, you know, where we're at right now. So. And that's a, you know, I, I like to shine light on it for a lot of our listeners that are thinking about starting a business or new in their entrepreneurial journey, or maybe a few years in, it's like, they're just so focused or unaware of like, okay, I become, let's say an agency owner. Like, that's all I do. It's like, once you turn on that entrepreneurial brain, like you can't turn it off. Like my wife's always been like, well, over here, we're going to call me like, now what are you going to need to? Now what's going on? How much time is that going to take? And I'm like, well, babe, when you learn to leverage your, your skills and your network and your people, it's like, by you just being a connector or a consultant or a passive investor, it's like there's ways to add tremendous value and grow your net worth without you physically being there. Yeah. And that's what I think is really exciting about being an entrepreneur. It's like, it's just a big giant game to me. Totally. I like, how are we, how am I going to play this? How am I going to get past this next level? Who do I need on my side? Like what defenses do I need? You know what I mean? It's like, and it's just, it's, it's become a hobby to me. Like people ask about like, well, totally, you know, what are you doing for me? I was like, I love some down amazing people like yourself and talking about like, how can we improve each other's lives? How can we add more value? We can build together. Yeah. It's a game. I think we're before the podcast, we were just talking about that for me. It's like, like, this is kind of where I find my balance in life. You know, I don't get overwhelmed because I just, I enjoy everything we're doing. You know, I enjoy the, all the opportunities that I have. Um, it just, it, for me, I'm, this is what I like doing. It used to be like skiing every day. You know, that's great. But like, I like the game of seeing where I can take things, 
you know, so. Because like, especially momentum, momentum loves momentum, money loves money. And it's like, if you're keeping that whole thing going, it's like, you just keep connecting with the next person that's going to help you close that gap on the next business or the next venture, the next partnership, Mm -hmm. right? I'm always finding people that are better than me at marketing or emails or advertising or whatever it is, like with my team and the people that I'm networking with, like, who's better than me? Like, please come join me, you know? And I really enjoy the way that our industry has changed with coaching and consulting is before it was very much so like kind of a competitive dog eat dog world. And I feel like in the last year, like I've made more friends in my industry and have actually added value and, and vice versa by just becoming, you know, friends with people and building relationships. And yeah. it's like, that's how a lot of industries are changing. We're just like, man, there's so much opportunity out there. How can we help each other out? It's like, that's, that's what feels good for me is when I can meet somebody and, and, and add value and it allows for that equity in that relationship to expand and become more abundant where it's like, oh shoot, I ran into Chance, he's a great guy, he helped me out here, I know how I can help him with Kyler or with Dan or with whoever and it creates like this really, you know, cool uh, like feedback loop that I've, I've really been enjoying in the last year. Mainly coming out of COVID where people can kind of get back together now. Yeah. I feel like people are yearning for that. Totally. You know, so that's why I love doing the podcast now and we're going to start doing more events it's because, um, uh, a lot of people in the events based on like the next two to three years for concerts, events, masterminds, like it'll be the biggest numbers we've ever seen because people are really yearning for that. For that togetherness, yeah, yeah for sure. No, I enjoy that stuff too. Um, I actually might, I might perform at a couple of these events here soon. That's a, that's a fun, fun thing for me is I'm just starting the stage life thing. I didn't you play in a band for a while. Yeah, we need to talk more about that because I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, we'll talk more about music, but that's what I was saying. It's like we got to sit down and talk. I literally just had my first show, like my first show. You know what I mean? It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was good for for first show. I had got a lot of great feedback. I, as far as I know, right now I'm playing Country Fan Fest, which would be really cool. Um, we'll see if that if that happens, but I'm slotted. So, ah, it's crazy. You bring in, see, that was the thing back when we were making music before I was an entrepreneur is I didn't have a business mindset around it. I was yeah. like, oh, you just keep playing and you get some big producer stumble into a bar and listen to you play and you become rich and famous. And like, yeah. we were just waiting for that to happen, but not setting up our schedule and not connecting to the right bookers, not building relationships and not like, okay, what label makes sense for us to really make a connection with that would help take our sound to the world. Like we just had no understanding of that whatsoever. So... I mean, I, I know more recently you've really been focusing a lot on music, but you've always played music. I always played, but I never did anything with it. I mean, I never did anything with it till 20, you know? I just, I just played and sang to never, never try to produce any music or anything. Well, it sounds great. It sounds great. I like that. I grew up listening to music. For anybody listening, how can they listen to your music? Just everywhere. Tyler Fisher. Everywhere. All platforms, you know? TikTok, all the way from TikTok to Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you can. Cool. We'll make sure to, to drop a couple links below this thing so people come check you out. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that I grew up listening to country music and it is like in full force right now. Like everybody's listening to country music. Like my, my father-in-law hated country and, and I, it's, it's, it's like, it's like country pop now, you know what I mean? And I think people just, they swing, they swing, they swing that way now, you know what I mean? Um, I think country's in, you know, everybody's blood. I just think. I just think, you know, 
you make it less twangy and it's and, and you'll you'll put it on so flavor <laughs> yeah yeah you got to find your flavor for sure yeah and mine's that way it's not it's not super it's not super twangy you know i really like it uh, my uh my son's favorite song has this jumper that he jumps in and it's uh that applebee's song by uh, uh, walker is yeah yeah and he just goes nuts i actually have i actually have uh, uh, an unreleased song um by Walker Hayes that he's going to release soon because I know one of his writers. I'm not going to share it here because I'll get in trouble, but I mean, it's super good, bro. Get get ready because it's lit. If you like him, it's so good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's that same like vibes. Like we're driving truck the other day and it came on there. It's like, oh, is this that one guy? And I was like, no, that's my buddy Kyler. She's like, oh, rad. Cool. Yeah. I love that. I it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm still figuring out like the family, entrepreneurial, travel. I don't think balance is the right word because there is a balance. It's just managing it with you, with all the kids. And I know your wife is still acting and she's producing movies with you too, right? She's she's a partner in the business. Uh, we we mainly did that, to be quite honest with you, because I have a, a female partner and uh, she also directs and writes. Um, but we did that because, because to be honest, it's just kind of like for protection or whatever. Cause I have a fan base who it literally attacks her all the time. So we just need to let our audience know that there's nothing going on there. You know what I mean? You get it? Yeah. So, so, uh, but yeah, you know, she, she, she's as in, she's kind of as involved as, as I am, to be honest. I'm, I'm actually quite passive in that, in that business. You know, I, I don't, I run a, I run a pretty, um, pretty big ship right now. And it's, it's hard to really spend 30 and 60 days prepping for these movies, you know? So I help where I can, but on the producer side, it's, it's more difficult. So it's more just like, it's more just like acting for real. Yeah. Acting and managing like some of the finance stuff. Other than that, you know, other than that, kind of like, we hire other producers to like run the ship, you know, if you understand what I mean. Sure. Yeah. Because that was going to be my next question is balance is the right word, but how do you manage the family life, the traveling, you know, like what are some things that have really helped you, you know, be able to still show up for a dad and a, and a husband and your business? Uh, really it's just hired help. You know, I have, I have, uh, more than one nanny um, at, you know, there was a time when I had literally I had three nannies working for me every day, you know? So it's like, you have one that's like more focused on cleaning and organizing and also helping with the kids. And you have one that's more on content, but also will help with the kids. And you know, you have one that's, you know, it's like, they all have like different roles, but kind of the same role. It's like, all right, all hands on, all hands on deck. You know what I mean? You handle the sales, you grab the wheel. You know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of how we do it. You know, if I need to travel or go somewhere, like I'm going to Nashville for four days, I have a nanny come in, she'll stay at the house, she'll help Madison the entire time. Um, but I also have a day-to-day and it comes from eight to five every day. So it's like, if Madison wants to leave, she can leave, you know, or do whatever she needs to do. She can go out of town, she can come with me. It doesn't matter. It's always, we always have hands on deck. Yeah. So, and we hope that continues because I really like that. You know, I like being able to be, have the freedom to be home and not home so I can continue to like grow this thing. For sure. And that's something that 
people got to because I try to outsource everything that I can. I'm saying that I outsource my fatherhood, but I outsource all the little things in between that allow yeah. me to be a father, but also run my business because <clears throat> my business is my baby that feeds my baby. You know what I mean? And I, I've had to have that conversation with my partner. It's like we, we live this nice life and we can do this thing that we want to do, but it's because I'm able to spend energy and focus on things outside of the house. And we have yeah. people to help us focus on things inside of the house. And as long as we have our own, you know, containers, like we don't need to talk about all the stress that I'm dealing with here. We don't need to talk about all the stress we're dealing with here because it's like we're just handling them yeah. in our in our containers. Exactly. That's been helpful. Exactly. I think the cool part about my business is like my business really is with my family. So I am I'm I am home ninety percent of the time, you know. So it's a real it's a real good deal, you know. I would hate to work a nine to five. Hate it. Yeah, can never. I can never imagine. Bro. You remember when you still were working a nine to five, and like the thought of being an entrepreneur is like scary and crazy, and like all the unknowns kept you back from that, or do you already kind of have a? I was always an entrepreneur ever since I was like ten years old, so I've never had the mindset of get a job. So yeah, like my my mindset is always like be in control of my own time. Um, so I never lasted very long. In this, like, the, the, normal jobs couldn't handle it man it just drove me nuts i'm so adhd i can barely last anywhere for i'm surprised i'm not on youtube for this long <laughs> like i'm just staying consistent i mean it's, it obviously makes a you know makes for an abundant life you know and uh i just stay the course but you know even now i'm kind of getting i don't know i'm kind of getting over it a little bit you know i've been doing it for so long how many times can you can you talk about having like Jeez. Uh, we're done having kids, so we can't run that course anymore. We can't run it, you know, like the new baby or like gender reveals or like first time walking or first time doing this, you know what I mean? Those are a lot of our videos, you know, and people love watching them walk away. Mm-hmm. Our kids grow up. Um, just in like a different phase, man. I'm just ready to like, I got several brands I'm growing right now. I just started a company called Love TML with my girls. It's an accessories line for them. They have a you know, a really big following. They're six years old and three million followers, and that's I think that's pretty good. You know, yeah. to try to grow a grow a business up. But we feel like they have an opportunity to be like a Mary Kate Nashon type of situation because they have such a good you know good fan base. Um, we are uh, doing a, a, a kind of like a kind of gender beauty thing for Madison called One Temple Beauty. So it's just like overarching on a lot of different types of products. What else? I don't, pat, I don't, you know, I'm an owner in several different companies that have patented, you know, situations like this company, uh, it's called Snow Glove. It's like a, a stuffed animal that has a, a hand attached or a glove attached to the butt underbelly of that. that the licensing opportunities are massive. We just got to deal with Spin Master and we're just running around with that, you know, it's just like, there's so many different things that I'm excited about that I want to put more energy into rather than making YouTube videos every day. Yeah. But we like to, you know, we like to let our audience know what's going on because I don't want to completely abandon them either. Um, right? I mean, you don't want to abandon your audience that stood by you for 10 years, yeah. 10 years, you know? So we're there, you know, we're still posting. Yeah. Just not as every single day like we were. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about that, you know, transition and the journey. Like yesterday I was uh, meeting with, Dr. Logan, he was helping me rewire my brain, like also like helping me change my beliefs because if you don't know what your actual true beliefs are, like you have like this 
what you tell yourself your beliefs are and what you tell yourself things can happen, like tell yourself all these things are, but we just keep doing that through conditioning, but like where does that really stem from? And so it was like a three hour session of us like going down through all these like different questions to figure out, okay, was this coming from trauma, fear? Like what does all this come from? A lot of it reared back to my father. So we we're trying to reframe yeah. or reprogram my feelings towards my father taking his own life. And yeah, it was rippling through business, my relationship with my wife, or relationship with my son, like all these different things. But the point I'm getting at is at the end of that, he was showing that, you know, when you're doing things that you truly love doing, like you truly love it, you wake up for it every day. The way that it operates in the brain allows you to produce at such a high level that when you are operating in kind of the fear state of the back of the brain where you're still being like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this because I have to because I'm not going to be able to make money. And it like, kind of goes back to that fear scarcity side. That's when everything really starts to slow down and the burnout happens and the stress yeah. and the, you know, all that stuff. It's like, that's just chemically happening in our brain. So yeah. when you can figure that out and make those transitions or get out of the businesses that you don't enjoy doing the mechanics of it. Yeah. And then you can focus on like what you're talking about of these new brands that are coming that are still in congruence with your previous audience. And you're, you're, you're inspired by that and passionate about that. It's like those things are just going to have 10 times the, yeah. the, the success. And anybody listening in, yeah, I got a podcast and I just started, you know what I mean? It doesn't have the growth trajectory that like my YouTube channel is, but, but I have seen that I've been putting a lot of fun energy into like, into this like I had when I first started. Yeah. Sometimes the world is giving back essentially what you put in, but I'm enjoying it, right? Yeah. I'm enjoying music and I'm enjoying those things. And you know, I think eventually eventually they will, you know, they will, you know, something, you know. And it fuels itself. You know, it's like if if you're always on like the grind and you're not having those other experiences like the music and these other things to re-inspire you, like it's it's easy to experience burnout because I've gone through it multiple times where I wasn't skiing and I wasn't working on music and I wasn't traveling as much and it was just like tunnel vision and it was great it was productive but like at the end it was like why am I doing this yeah you know it's like I'm always looking for experiences and new experiences and and getting that through being in the outdoors and like that just stuff refuels me and so now that is such an important part of my life where it's like every day i go out and i do one of the five or six hobbies that i'm into at that point even if it's just for 30 minutes just to get like a recharge so powerful where it's like oh i'm gonna go play golf for a bit in the morning or i'm gonna go surf or mountain bike or ride or whatever it is just something to unplug me for a second so that i can be rejuvenated to show up in a, in a bigger way. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So like talking about that, you know, building the audiences, uh, you know, we build multiple communities inside of abundance and that's, what's been really fun for me is getting people together, sharing a common, you know, thread. It's like what Sam's built with door to door. It's like just building a, a movement. It's so powerful because then you can really have massive impact in the world and, and create like a, you know, a standard, like here's a baseline, like, and we're all going to operate above baseline. Mm -hmm. So you're adding value in, in the world. And, you know, we teach three stages of wealth, four stages of impact, where we teach you how to create one income stream. And then once you figure that one out, create a second income stream and systemize those. And then how to be smart about investing your money and create generational wealth. So once you've really understood that, it's like, okay, now how do you go and have impact? 
And so I started a nonprofit in Uganda. We house like 40 children now, help with food, water, education, infrastructure, safety. And in, that inspired, I, I wasn't pushing that to the community, but it inspired a lot of people where they started doing the same thing. And now more and more people are like, okay, now that I'm taking care of my family, how can I go out there and have more impact? So that's really what abundance is about. Now it's like, okay, now that everyone's kind of paying attention to what we're saying, here's what we're up to. Like, here's how to be a part of it. Here's how to like really channel your energy to, you know, have have a more positive impact on the world. For sure. I mean, you get to a certain place in your financial life where you feel like it's not doing as much as it used to for you. And you just want to give back, you know. I think I've also been involved in a philanthropy, you know, travel overseas several times, build schools, you know, like with the school in India, you know, we got in the education thing and then I've been in the water thing for a long time, essentially in college. I was involved in a business called People Water. I remember seeing those guys a while back. And um, I was part of the framework and development of that company, and then <clears throat> and then just that kind of held a special place in my heart. So just before just before COVID is actually our last, honestly, our last trip. We just we just haven't gotten back on the back on the but we definitely should, you know, get going because man, there's so many people struggling in the world. You know, and you just want to just have that that heart for that type of philanthropy. You know, there's people in your back. Yard, you can help out, you know, but so many people that are just trying to figure out how to eat and drink every day. Like basic needs, that basic needs. It doesn't matter, you know, and a lot of those places, even if you do have, if you are making somewhat of an income, even just having the access to fresh water is in a lot of places it's impossible. It's insane. We travel out to all these little villages where they're drinking straight from the river. Dude. These little kids, they don't even care. They don't know what they're doing to themselves. They're just used to it, right? Mm-hmm. So we change their entire, entire world without them even really knowing. Uh, like the last trip I did was in Cambodia. There's fifty thousand kids that died because of some water-related disease. And so just by bringing them a bucket, drilling a hole in it, putting a filter on it, they can filter a million gallons of water. You know, a million gallons of water—that's insane. As far as drinking water goes, yeah, that's maybe five, ten years of drinking. You know, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, I'm jumping back on that that uh, that train here soon. My partner, we're gonna run. It's too it's too much fun, saving lives. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Every you know, couple of weeks, it's like there's another kid gets adopted into our you know, so cool. into our nonprofit, and uh, it started with one kid. His name was Mark, and uh, this now he's my partner in, in the orphanage, but. Found this guy, this kid, like on the side of the street, just like wandering, and he'd seen him like for a day or two, like kind of like looking for his parents. And he's like, "What's going on?" I asked around, like, "Oh yeah, like he's been abandoned." And so Mark was like the beginning of what is now the Uganda Orphanage. And uh, because of little Mark, he was the youngest, uh, still is one of the younger kids in, in the orphanage. But now there, there's forty that all came from him. Love his story. Um, so uh, yeah, the goal with that is to continue to build, but also on the educational side, it's like they are going to school now, learn how to read, write, uh, you know, basic, basic education. But I want to start implementing entrepreneurship and building like infrastructure so like change can actually happen. So like investing in like, hey, this is how you raise chickens and help them create like a chicken farm. Like yeah. here's how you sow and here's how you 
you know, whatever it is that help create these little businesses so that as these kids are getting older, they can really start to understand finances and how to create a, a bank account and like, okay, how do you, how do you save money? How do you do taxes? Like, what does all that stuff even look like? So that you can, you can break the, the thread, which is if, if they don't have that, they're not going to create a different lifestyle for their offspring. It's the whole thing behind the education it, yeah, it, for sure, right? It just it repeats itself again, right? Yeah, it just repeats itself because you know, you're not teaching them the fish and it's not going to be there. 100%. Because like we see our, you know, break down our school systems and I don't know how you're educating your kids, but it's we like. We don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, we think we think our kids are getting a lot of education from just our day-to-day business operation. You know, they kind of see what works. You know, they kind of see how we operate. And, you know, I don't think they learn as much from the elementary schools. So, you know, we put them in public school. You know, we wanted to give them that opportunity. You know, just like we had to run around with friends and playground, whatever. But like, you know, what I mean, you know, you know, you don't learn real, real, like world skills, you know what I mean, in school, in my opinion. Um, so they got to give a healthy, healthy taste of both, I think. Yeah. They got to learn to read. Yeah. So, send them to school. But, uh, but yeah, that real life stuff, man. All the way through college, I barely learned anything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to college. Yeah. I barely got through high school. I was like, I don't know, what, like, I don't want to be like my teachers. My degree was in entrepreneurship. That's, that's what I got my degree in business entrepreneurship degree. So it's like the only person that chooses that is the one who's an entrepreneur at heart. I never, I never, I never knew what I wanted to do because I knew what I was going to be already. Yeah, I just doctor, you know, forget it. Like I'm going to go create my own thing. So that was always me. Sam, yeah, Sam's going to keep keep failing until I figure it out, but. Yeah, the the first choice of school, trade school, you know, buy a house, have, have kids right out of the gate, you know, it's like none of this is, you know, resonating with me. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go out and try to watch things and travel the world and meet a ton of people and just figure out like what do I wanna do? I didn't know so I was gonna go sign up for something that I for sure knew wasn't the right thing for me. I'm sure glad I didn't make make any of those decisions to go like the normal route because you know I've had everything that I ever really wanted, you know. I've had it and I've gotten rid of it, you know. I was just talking to I was talking to what was I was oh, Ryan Flynn on my podcast the other day about like even the cars that I bought. It's like when I was a kid that was only a dream. You know what I mean? I already had them and I sold them because I just it was fun, you know? Later. It's cool. You know, never ever thought I'd be where I am today. You know, so it's been fun figuring it out through entrepreneurship. That's you know that's a part of it. If, if it was easy and it was simple, everybody would do it. You wouldn't learn anything. It wouldn't challenge you. You wouldn't get smarter. You wouldn't get wiser. It'd be boring. We wouldn't we wouldn't you know aspire to, to keep pushing you know down that road if it was just layups. Yeah, every day, right. Yeah, and that's what it is. That's what it is for a lot of people to show up every day. And that's, there's nothing wrong with just getting that type of job and security, you know, for your family. It just, for some people, it just doesn't make sense. For me, it never did. So, I'll be an entrepreneur until I die. Agreed. Agreed. So, what's, what's the focus then going into the next, you know, three to five years? What are you most excited about? What are you really focusing on? Really, I'm kind of, a, I'm, out of I'm in reset mode, right, with a lot of these, um, 
a lot of these businesses. So it's just like figuring out how to grow them, you know? There's just too many to talk about right now. Too many, too many products, too many SaaS model projects we're working on. Like I just, but it's just really just growing each of these businesses, you know? And, uh, and really, uh, like you said, like really setting up like generational wealth, you know, I've invested in a lot of real estate, a lot of real estate projects right now. Um, stuff that's just like piggy banks for my kids. That's what, that's my main goal. You know, my dad died super young. I know your dad, I don't know how old your dad was. He was young. He was 49. That's young. Dude. Yeah. See what I'm saying? We never know where we're going to go. Yeah. And so I am just, I'm with balance running as hard as I can to grow that for my kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, my dad, my dad had a really great job. You know, he was, he always took care of us and we were good. You know, we lived a really comfortable lifestyle, but it's, he didn't leave a lot of that back. And I think that's actually attributed to a lot of my successes because I didn't have anything to work off of, you know, it actually might have crippled me, you know, but, um, you know, I just, for me, I just want to be able to create that, that nest egg for my kids to be able to build off of, you know? Yeah. I think they're running a lot already. I think we can apply it, you know, with, with money as well. For sure. And it's all about the way that it's rolled out because, you know, when my dad passed, just from life insurance, we got a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, not a lot, like a hundred grand, right? Yeah. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm rich. It's going to last me forever. And, you know, and it went quick. I didn't have a mindset around it. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't like a trust release component to it. Like it was just like, hey, here you go. And, you know, people talk about, oh, if I just had money, I'd be successful. And I'd say, eh, that's, I think that's wrong. Because if you don't have the mindset and the understanding and the way that money works, like it'll just be gone. See people that it's like a lot of hundred grand in a day. Yeah. Sometimes, you know. And I don't, I'm just saying that just because that's the truth. Yeah. You can spend a hundred grand in a day when some people make a hundred grand in two years of work, you know, or three years of work. Yeah. So money goes fast on it. It goes real fast, yeah. It's crazy. Like it's crazy what we've seen with inflation and everything. It's like you know, when you go to the, the air one or Whole Foods to buy, you know, groceries for families, like you're spending two grand every time you walk out of that freaking grocery store. Wow. It's insane. And so, uh, but yeah, no, so the point to that is, is, you know, people talk about, oh, I need money to be successful, but it's really the other way around. It's like, you don't need the resource, you need to be resourceful and you really understand, like, if I don't have it, how am I going to go get it? Because mm-hmm. then when you get it, you're going to understand it, you're going to respect it in a whole different light. I remember I was down to my last... $500 of that money and blew it on a trying to start a clothing company, which actually did, did all right. Um, but it's all these different things, but just didn't have the right mindset or understood marketing or scaling or hiring any of the other components that you really need to be successful. And uh, it was all gone with the last $500. I was like, shit, I'm at the end of my road. I'm going to invest in a mentorship that does marketing and like, this is it. So I'm going to be focused and no more shiny ball syndrome and yeah. jumping all over the place. I'm like, if this doesn't work, I can't go to my family and ask for money. They know what just happened, right? Yeah. They know that we got some money and if it was gone in, you know, a year and a half and I have nothing to show for it, it was like, you know, laugh me out of the room. Like, I can help you out. Right. Yeah. So I was like, it was all these things come to this point where it's like, okay, you better get real and freaking build this thing. And so I was all in. I had nowhere else to go. It was like, <clears throat> this is it. And that's why it worked. You were in LA at the time? Yeah. 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 So I was building the, I think, yeah, because it was like 20, 
15, I was in acting school, but I, my, my business was, was doing well. Were you married? What's that? Were you married? No. What's you married? We're actually having our ceremony this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So being married, yeah. No. So you guys have been together for four years. Four years. Yeah. Because at the time, I'd been with um, my other partner for like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was that, that thing of, uh, you know, it's not the money. It's like you just got to get your mind right. And then, you know, I've seen people that are very wealthy that you set up a very successful thing with their kids of, hey, this is the age that you're going to be at when an X amount goes out. There's going to be guidelines around that of we're going to use this to invest in real estate or in, you know, you're not going to get a paycheck for five million bucks that you're going to go blow and try to kill yourself with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really curious of how people's models and how they you know, distribute massive amounts of wealth to their children and how to do it the right way. I think some people, just all the people that I know that distribute money to their kids, they're mega wealthy. You know what I mean? It's like they're making three, four, five million a month. And so it's like, whatever. It's yeah. Like, it's just, they call it burn cash or they call it like uh, uh, disposable income. Yeah. You know, it's just like, whatever. You know, I don't think it's the best thing to do to anybody, but. I guess if you have it, you know, maybe you can help that. I don't know how that works. I've never been involved in that type of lifestyle, so I don't know. Yeah. You know? Just interesting. Yeah. How to, like, what what the right way to do it would be. Because, you know, I had a friend that just got just ruined because Toyota yeah. Pops kicks the can and they get $100 million, like, overnight. It's like, yeah. That's a recipe for disaster. So it must be for exactly man, as far as like spent, yeah, for sure. Like that money just gets spent over the years, and there's no, there's no multiplying your opportunities in any way. It just gets spent, you know. Yeah, well, I think you're doing a great job with your kids and involving them in the business, like because they understand how it works. So it's the other world work. Mom and dad are working a lot. They see what happened. They see a lot. Of, it takes a lot of people to make these things happen. You know, it's just not you know falling out of the, falling out of the sky and. You know, we learned that too with, with working on my dad's farm growing up. It's like, you know, we worked really hard to make like 40 bucks a day. Yeah. Like I understood money. Yeah. I just didn't have the mindset as an entrepreneur of, of, how, to, of how to grow. You know, it took years to kind of like define that, that mindset of being around the right people that knew the game of money and had to like be open to listening to that and like open to learning. Because especially like 20, 25 years old, it's like, we got big egos. We kind of think we know how the world works. We're like, I didn't know shit. Are you kidding me? No. No. Yeah. You learn a lot in 10 years, man. Yeah. So, big time. Oh, yeah. uh, 34. 34. Yeah, same 35. Yeah. 36 next month. And... I'll go wait for you. You know? <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Going at six still. Yeah. Running around shooting crab apples out of a slingshot. That's what I feel right here. Yeah. I say the mind never never ages. That's true. Yeah. And perception, it's like having fun and, and keeping that kid like energy and you know, I'm a part of a mastermind called Baby Bathwater and they're always like just be like a baby because you'll just have so much more fun. Yeah. And just be open to learning every single day and, and listening and seeing the world. You know, with, with the learner's eyes, it's it's really powerful to stay humble in that in that space because life's just a lot more fun that way. For sure. I was just telling somebody the other day that 
think that's the one thing I've learned in the last five years is to really just be teachable, you know? And not think that you know everything, you know? And be willing to work with people, you know? Open up that way, you know? Because the more, the more you close doors to people, the less opportunity you have, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I thought it was cool the other day that Dan was on the podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need me. He doesn't. You know what I mean? Well, does he? You never know. I don't know. But he gave his time, you know? Gave it his time, and he has that mindset, I think, you know? Uh, just, you never know what's going to happen, you know? This is how many people in your corners you can. 100%. Yeah, I 45 minute call today on the way to the airport. Nice. And by the time we got to the airport, he had teamed me up with six people in group and group yeah. text. I was like, Chance in town, going out with them. Cool yeah. business. Yeah, he's a good team. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Can't open. We're going to do some stuff with his mastermind and whatnot. Is so, that the ranch here? I am going to in the next like couple weeks. Yeah. I want to take my son down there and see all the animals. I, I went with my kids. Um, my friend Vince jumped out of a plane and revealed Jenner's baby, you know. They all jumped out, him and his buddies, and you know, it was cool. The kids got to see all the animals and stuff. I went and my videos out there. It's fun. Oh, it looks so rad. They have access to like a full zoo to make videos. You can't do that. You can't right. do that. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to go out there, you know. There you go. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool spot. It looks super rad. I don't want to see what he did. Like, oh, Christian Blackside looks cool. Yeah. I want to do that. Like I'm teaching all my friends how to shoot and fight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's like, I'm literally building an army. Yeah, I, told, I actually told him, I was like, this doesn't seem like you, man. It doesn't seem like you at all. He's like, he's into it. So, so I was saving animals on one on one end of the property. I'm shooting giant machine guns there. So that's exactly. Yeah. That's cool, man. I, I gotta go up there. Yeah, I'm actually have to watch this one in the dance room to make it like, so when I go, when I go rehearse, I actually fly to Ontario and then I drive into my good Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, it's fun. Have fun, man. We're doing a lot, you know. I love it, bro. Well, it's been great to catch up with you, and you know, we're both just building our things and going 100 miles an hour, and it's yeah. good to sit and catch up. And I'm glad, glad we could sit down. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's so good to see you. It's been so long, you know. It's been a long time. That's how it goes, though, you know. Yeah, where you left off, you know, and you know, we just, we just, have, we just have our own lives to live, I guess. Well, it's. You know, when you're continuing to build and evolve and grow, it's like you lose a lot of friends along the way, but you also gain a lot of friends. Yeah. And the people that have continued to grow, it's like, yeah, when you get back together, it's right where right yeah. we left off. Exactly, man. It's like I just saw you in class, but it's been how many years? Eight years? It's eight years. Seven, eight years. It's crazy, yeah. bro. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, but thank you for being here. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it up. So thank you, Kyler, for being on the on the show. So I appreciate another abundance podcast taking it away. We'll uh, we'll catch you again soon, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys. Cool.